Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Hello again, listeners, and welcome back to Midweek in the Word. And uh, welcome to 2022. We're thrilled you're along for the ride. We know you've been out for a few weeks, uh, but we're really excited for this new year. I hope you had a good Christmas. I hope your new year is off to a great start. Uh, We're so excited to be back with you, and we're equally excited for our new series here on Midweek in the Word. We're glad you're tuning in. Hopefully you're excited for the next one and where we're going this year. um, Let me just intro this a bit. We'll be bringing in uh, various teachers from our body Uh, Some guests, some teachers from our body. We'll have Tom back on the podcast and um, some outside people. And we're going to address each book of the Old Testament, one book at a time, in a series we're calling Bearing Witness, taken from John 5.39, where Christ says that uh, the the scribes and Pharisees search the scriptures um, because in them they find eternal life. But Jesus says, these bear witness to me. The whole Old Testament bears witness to Christ. So we're going to move through the Old Testament. We're going to talk about how we understand it, but also how it bears witness to the person and work of Christ. I'm really excited about where we're going. I apologize that this first episode is dropping a little later than we originally had scheduled on uh, on the calendar. Um, unfortunately, I ended up sick naturally with COVID. <laughs> so you know how that goes. If you've been in those shoes, I'm sure most of us have been there at some point this year. So we got a little delayed on our first episode release, but we're excited to be back with you. Like I said, as we move through each book of the Old Testament, we're going to be addressing questions like, what is the occasion and situation of this book? How is this book organized? How should this book be read? What's the primary message? Where do we see Christ testified about? And then finally, what does God want me to do, understand, believe, or desire as a result? I'm really looking forward to this year. I'm really looking forward to this series. But before we get into this first discussion, I want to take a little time and I want to stop and introduce our guest, this first podcast of 2022 here on Midweek in the Word. Um, So welcome to the podcast, Chuck Myers. Chuck Myers is both an FBC deacon and one of our adult teachers, and you probably noticed the shared name. Yes, he is my father as well. Um, On for the first time, and here our 94th episode. Welcome to the podcast, Dad. Thank you. It's good to be here after, uh, yeah, 94 episodes. I don't, I don't know what that means about our relationship. <laughs> Listeners, I assure you, Good it question. is just fine. Um, <laughs> but as much adult teaching as you've done here at the church uh, with small groups and with adult classes and things like that, uh, this is our first time having you on the podcast. But I'm excited um, because um, if you tuned into our Old Testament series class last year, you know that my dad taught on the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. So he's going to give us a bit of a refresher on some of that. If you tuned into the class, there's going to be some additional info here. If you didn't tune into the class, I'm really excited for what he's going to share as he put a lot of time into prepping that last year. Um, But before we get to that, let me just remind you that this last Sunday, Tom covered Hebrews 6. He was in verses 13 through 20 discussing how God's unchanging promises are an anchor for our souls. If you missed that message, I'd really encourage you to go back and find it. You can find it on faithbiblelincoln.org. Just hit that sermon series button and you can always find those old sermons. Or you can search for Faith Bible Church Lincoln, Nebraska if you're a podcaster on wherever you get your podcasts and you can find Find our Sermons Feed podcast, catch up on any messages you happen to miss, especially if you weren't with us this last Sunday uh, as Tom talked about Hebrews 6. 
But that's it for the intro. Um, now, before we actually get into the topic of what we're going to do with Genesis, I want to talk about Genesis. I want to make sure we have a little bit of time for that. But listeners, you may not be familiar with Chuck. You may not have met him before. Um, so before we get into this discussion, I want to give you a better idea who he is. And uh, if you're a long-term listener, you know there's three questions I typically ask every new guest on the podcast. Uh, Dad, you don't get any special treatment in this, <laughs> in this regard. The three questions are, uh, first, what is your one-minute testimony to share with the listeners? I had the privilege of growing up in, in the home of a, a pastor and godly father and mother. Uh, so I accepted Christ very early in life, and as a result have spent uh, a majority of, of my Christian experience uh, from the standpoint of how do I know I'm a believer hmm. and, and what does it mean to have accepted Christ so early on and to uh, include that in, in my, my ongoing Christian life. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's been an interesting thing because I I can't remember personally uh, when I accepted Christ, and so I've had to go back and say, okay, where where are the assurances of those things? Yeah. Whether it was from parents that were able to reaffirm what happened on the occasion, or uh, my baptism, which was for me a very important part of that growth uh, to realize that okay, this I remember, and I know that. Uh, I've committed my life to, to Jesus Christ, and I want the world to know about it. Mm. Um, so a big baptism person, I guess, in, in that way for that reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, And you wouldn't be the first one that's been on the podcast that's talked about a very early conversion, mm. uh, wrestling through some of those questions later on in life, going, I don't have this before Christ and after Christ kind of memory the way some people do that come to Christ later in life. But it's that ongoing assurance of what do you believe today, and what does that mean for your salvation? I'd love to get into that a little bit more, but we have to make sure we move so we get time for Genesis as well. Um, long story short, how did, how did you end up at Faith? There's a bit of a gap there, um, but there how is. did you end up at Faith Bible Church? I was a pastor for 17 years, and toward the end of that time was doing quite a bit of writing on discipleship, the mm-hmm. small church, um, you know, how, how to use the small group for discipleship, and uh, in in doing some of that writing, decided I needed to take a sabbatical, needed to actually focus on trying to get some of those books done. And uh, man, 12, 13, 14 years later, I'm still on sabbatical. <laughs> um, oh, yes. <laughs> it's, Land it was plans his ways with the Lord directs his steps. And, yeah, right? ex- exactly, exactly. I've when people have asked me why I came to Lincoln, I said, you know, I hope someday I'll be old enough to know what I want to <laughs> be when I grow up. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it really was very much uh, a desire to, to help, especially small groups and small churches with the, with the area of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even, even today, that's still very much um, leading my my direction. Hmm. Um, and so we ended up getting a, a woodworking shop, a cabinet shop, um, and did that for a number of years as I was finishing some of those books and um, then thought we would move it to Lincoln and you were going to be a part of that. Oh, yeah. um, and God closed the door for that, but not until he had already gotten us to Lincoln. Hmm. So when we had the opportunity to uh, 
visit Faith, it was a very wonderful fit right from the very beginning, um, not just because you and, and Jenna attended there or here, um, mm-hmm. but also the, the connections we had with Pastor Tom um, and several other people as well that have connections there that go back a long ways for us now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, someday we'll have to go through that whole lineage with Tom and <laughs> to yeah. help people understand. Yeah, no uh, Tom apparently knows all of my family that I don't even know, and we've talked about that a little bit before uh, here. But for those of you that don't know, obviously, uh, my dad is now um, a faith life deacon uh, of the cultivation team here at Faith Bible Church, which means he's involved directly as a deacon in equipping and training, finding new small group leaders. So there is at least some coalescence of where things seem to be going and what there God is. is doing. I'm excited for where that ministry area is going as well. Uh, finally, before we get into Genesis, what is a favorite verse of yours and why? <laughs> um, I, I have a hard time coming up with a verse because when I go back and read what is is definitely my favorite passage of Scripture, I don't know where to turn it off at. <laughs> it, it basically includes the first... 11 verses or so of Philippians 2, Mm, uh, just that having this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, um, the idea of of servanthood, of of having uh, the same love, that's a fascinating phrase that I like. Um, But, well, let me just read a few of the verses I think is maybe the easiest way. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And then goes on to Mm. the, the example of Jesus Christ. And I've just always felt that 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 was the ideal I wanted to try to live my life by mm-hmm. uh, was was to have the mind of Christ in the area of servanthood um, to other people, yeah, and have had the wonderful opportunity of very much of that being directed toward the church mm-hmm. and involved with the church. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's a cool verse to be sure, and again, another one that I don't know that anybody's mentioned before. It's mm-hmm. fun that nearly every time I've asked this question, somebody's have a different passage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just right. cool the way God lines that up, but Absolutely. cool theme verse for your life, I'm sure. Uh, that's really a good encouragement to all of us from Philippians 2, to be sure. Okay, so let's let's move a little bit to the left in our Bibles now. We're going to move from Philippians, and we're going to move back and jump into Genesis here, okay? We're going to talk about this first book of the Old Testament, and I would hope for most of our listeners, Exodus being a familiar book for many of them, uh, probably they've spent a little bit of time reading the book of Genesis or have read different parts of the book of Genesis, but we still want to proceed one question at a time, one step at a time, as if people have never read it before, as if they're coming to Genesis for the first time. Maybe they're a new believer and they open their Bible and they're like, well, Genesis seems like the right place to start, right? so if people are totally new to this book, let's start with the basic ground rules here. What is, what is the occasion and what is the situation of the book of Genesis? Well, it was, it was written by Moses and it was written to the, the nation of Israel, and that's going to become a recurring theme uh, through all four of the books and then also into Deuteronomy that will follow. Uh, and, and the occasion was, here was a group of people that had been slaves had never been part of a, a nation. They came into Egypt as a, as a 
family unit of 70 people or so and have now left Egypt uh, and are prepared to be a nation and the whole question of, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. What, are, what are we to be? Who are we to be? Uh, and I, I think with starting with Genesis, one of the things we have to keep in mind is we in Western society have a tendency to say, oh, this is all about creation. This mm. is where I can find out uh, how to defend against evolution. This is where I can find out where things really started. Uh, but this was written to a people group that evolution wasn't, wasn't a concept. They mm. were trying to figure out who they were as people and as the people of God, as a unique people. Yeah. Um, and we need to keep that in mind. Yeah. That these five books are directed in that in that direction. Yeah. Directed in that direction. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fair way to put it. <laughs> Obviously, uh, answering some of those questions as well, but not written specifically for that purpose. Not written specifically Correct. to answer maybe our questions. You know, we're not Mesopotamian mm-hmm. in origin. We're not thinking in su- in some ways in the same way uh, that the original audience would have been. That's why we're asking the question, listeners, of what is the occasion? Who was this written to? Who was it written by? This is important when it comes to Genesis. Now, we, we understand Genesis being origins. There are Correct. Correct. origins going on here in the book. And so as Moses... You know, as, but through the, through the inspiration of the Spirit, Moses sits down to write this origin story, this beginning story for Israel, to tell the tale of what actually happened. How does he go about it? How is this book organized? How does he tell this story? Yeah, the part, part that becomes so vital is, is God begins by reaffirming what creation was really all about. And so creation is there, you know, in the beginning, Beresheth. Verithesh? Um, I'm not going to correct you. You're not going to correct me. <laughs> so, um, all the Old Testament that, scholars that listen to Midweek in the Word, let us know if you know the correct pronunciation, there, if we got it wrong here. There you go. Well, it basically means at the beginning of time. So, mm. you know, God says, okay, at the beginning of, of this thing that we call time, um, here's what my mission, here's what my desire, here's what my passion was. And it begins with, of course, creation. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, not only does it give us a creation account, but it gives us two different creation accounts. Mm. You know, it create it concentrates on on the world, but then it goes back immediately and goes over creation from the standpoint of human beings. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's important because God is really beginning the the to answer the question of what were the people of Israel supposed to be uh, by addressing where they came from and why they are unique. Uh, And it does really answer the whole idea of we have not evolved from animals. We have been created by a God that had a very specific purpose in creation. And so he doesn't, you know, he doesn't talk about the creation of other planets you know, very much. Mm. Uh, we we don't really have anything as far as the creation of the angels, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. You know, um, when did that happen? Uh, and, and there's a reason for that, because he is very much focused on the creation of human beings, and he's going to focus very much on a specific part of that creation. Uh, and we need to, we need to keep that in mind. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's intriguing to to consider that the the, the primary message of the creation account, and, and really we can say the first eleven chapters that kind of establish the the origin of the world and set the paradigm for what man looks like apart from God's um, divine presence um, and, and what center enters the world uh, is there's a lot of distinctions. You know, there's how is God different than mankind? Mm-hmm. You know, these ma- really big metaphysical questions. You know, how is mankind different than the animals? You know, how is man different than woman? You know, and then how is Israel in some ways different than everybody else? Mm-hmm. You know, so first mm-hmm. first 11 chapters are the origins of the world, the establishment of that, understanding the fall and the creation narrative. Then we get to chapter 11 and we get from the origin of the world to the origins of Israel. And in chapter 12, right. we see this man, Abraham. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what 12 through 50, the rest of the book, talks about. Yeah, it's it's interesting that, you know, where where did the Chinese fall into this? We don't have that. You know, where uh, were those that moved into Africa? We've asked those questions because he does focus on the, the family of Abraham and even goes back to Abram, which would have been, you know, even earlier, a lot of Israelites would have gone, okay, Abraham we know, yeah. uh, but what about Abram? You know, that was that was him being called... As a, as a pagan and being willing to set aside those um, tendencies that had already entered the world uh, and say, I have been asked by God to be unique. Hmm. I have been told by God that I'm supposed to leave my comforts. I'm supposed to leave my home. I'm supposed to leave my family. Uh, and, and I'm supposed to follow him. And he doesn't even find that out very quickly. Um, (laughs) And so he spends a a large part of his life trying to answer the question of, you know, God, where am I supposed to be? Where is this promised land? Where is this place that you want me? Why am I leaving my family? Uh, And and by the end of his life, um, you know, has, has a lot of questions still as far as where is this nation coming from that you promised me, yeah. which we find, you know, fairly early on. Um, and uh, he, he spends much of his life wandering parts of the Middle East as God takes him uh, to, to the promised land, what we know today as Israel. Hmm. Uh, and, and then from there then, it's, it's a matter of following uh, the fascinating events that take place to allow for the nation of Israel. Um, you know, we've got we've got men that <laughs> Abraham said, "I'm I'm too old. I'm I'm not going to have any kids. I'm going to have to try something else." You know, and we yeah. have a whole yeah. mess from yeah. that yeah. because God said, "I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I said I would do." And man, a hundred years old, and he ends up having a baby. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have, we have that whole um, process of, of the, the heroes of the faith, as it were, the leaders of, of Israel. Patriarchs. Um, the patriarchs, yeah. 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 Um, you know, that are, that are aligned in preparing the nation um, to actually be a nation. Mm. And at the end of Genesis, are actually... Up to seventy people. They're not even close, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but there's there's still that promise that God says, "I'm going to make you a nation, a nation that will bless all the other nations of the world." Yeah, uh, and that makes that makes it unique. Yeah, 
that he clung to that, and uh, really all of the patriarchs did. So the, the remainder of the story, if we can summarize it, of, of Genesis 12 through 50 then, is we get Abraham's call out of Ur, mm-hmm. and then we get Abraham's son, this miraculous son, Isaac. Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau. We follow the story of the chosen one, Jacob. And then it moves on to his sons, and most people are familiar with the, the 12 or 13 chapters dedicated to Joseph. Joseph. So all of a sudden, the people end up in Israel, or in Egypt, excuse me, these 70 people down in Egypt. And, and this, this message probably would have resonated with the Israelites, right, who are yet yes. waiting to go into the promised land at the time that Moses is writing this to deliver to the people of Israel, going, okay, this is the patriarch, this is their story. And Abram's like, I'm waiting, Jacob was waiting, mm-hmm. Israel was waiting, everyone's waiting here. So in light of that paradigm, in light of the way Moses tells this story, how should this book be read? What's, what's, the, what's the, I know hermeneutics is a big word here, but what is the, the, the lens through which we read this book? We have to, we have to ask the question, um, how, how does that relate to us? You know, it would be one thing if we read through the whole book of Genesis and we said, okay, this just is... This is about Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, but very early on, we realize that there's going to be an impact on us today because of the whole sin issue. Yeah. Um, and that parallel story to the nation of Israel is God's amazing grace, God's amazing work through, through fallen people, uh, God's promise that sin would be conquered. And those things are, you know, those are the real themes then that, that we pick up on, that God is using Israel as, uh, a, as an example. Yeah. Uh, as, as, Almost a, as a foil to use the literary yeah, idea, yeah, idea, something nice. to bounce things off of. Um, and yeah, very, very, very good application. Foil, I, I like that. Um, and so, you know... What happens when Israel sins? Uh, God punishes, God rebukes, God chastens, and he brings them back. And he says, mm-hmm. okay, let's, let's do this again. Let's try again. Yeah. Um, and we find that over and over and over again. You know, even the patriarchs, with which all failed, you know, quite miraculously, mm-hmm. yeah. marvelously. Um, and uh, yet God said, you know, I have, I have chosen you. It's not a matter of how good you are. Mm. It's a matter of I've chosen you, and I'm going to accomplish this, and it really has nothing to do with you. Uh, and that parallel of, of God in his mercy and grace working through the nation of Israel is very similar and has at its very roots what God is wanting to do in this world. Mm. And that's, that's what we want to to read looking for is how how am I seen in the foil mm. <laughs> of of the nation of Israel yeah um, and the the individuals mm. that that became the the basis for that nation okay so we start through this book we read about ourselves we see ourselves in Adam and Eve's fall we see ourselves in the rebellion at the Tower of Babel we see ourselves in Abraham and Isaac and so many of the failings of the patriarchs especially as we read through this book we get to the end of the book and we go, okay, what was I supposed to learn? What, what if we can say in, in, in brief summary, is the message of this book? What is Genesis trying to communicate to, to us via Israel and the original audience? I think we have to go back to, I think, one key verse to keep in mind is Genesis 3.15. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole idea of 
of mankind sins, mankind fails, and left on his own, the only possible response there could be is annihilation. Um, and yet God says, okay, I've got something in mind. Um, I'm, I'm going to address this issue, and I'm going to address it in the offspring of mm-hmm. Adam, uh, the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and so if, if we look at that as far as God's knowledge that sin was going to enter this world, even when, when he created it, even though he created it perfect, knew what was going to happen, and had a plan from the very beginning to resolve that issue. Uh, and that is not something that has changed. That is not something that um, has, has done the, the CDC COVID thing of today we're on this side, then we're on that side, and then we're changing to this idea, and we're changing to that idea. God was very consistent with, I will provide a redeemer. I will provide someone to deal with the sin issue. Mm. That's, it's, it's amazing to read it as a you know, 21st century believer, having the whole New Testament, understanding how Christ came, you know, and, and reading, okay, I see all of that in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I imagine that, that some of that was there for the original audience as well, but they were also going, I don't see how this all fits together. I just know there's a promise. I know right. there's a hope out right. there and that God has this plan to restore um, one day. Okay, so you've already spoken to it a little bit. This obviously relates a tremendous amount to our last question. You've talked about that Genesis 3.15, the promise of the one who will have enmity, you know, between her and your offspring, bruise his head, you shall bruise his heel. Where do we see Christ testified about in the book of Genesis? <laughs> it's, it's there from the very beginning, uh, and we've talked about it in Genesis 3 as far as the, the answer to the the sin question, but we have to go back even earlier hmm. because he appears in Genesis 1.1. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, yeah. uh, and then it goes in and actually uses uh, the, the plural form uh, because yeah. the Spirit was hovering above the waters. Jesus Christ was there. And so we see Jesus Christ as the eternal Son of God, but already being told that he would be the one that would address the issue of sin. Hmm. It would be none other than God himself working on behalf of God the Father to reconcile mankind to himself. And so, you know, it's, it's there yeah. um, from, from verse 1, uh, and you just absolutely cannot look at Genesis without seeing the person of Jesus Christ. Well, and there's, um, to your point, there's no doubt that that's what John saw writing the Gospel of John later on when he would start his Gospel with, in the beginning was the Word. There's, like, in the beginning, he's, he's a Hebrew. Like, it's not like this is an accidental phraseology that mm-hmm. John is like, I just thought of this might be a good way to start my Gospel. No, he's, he's getting, Genesis 1-1, people, remember, he's intentionally tying it back to this back. testimony of the Godhead present in Genesis 1-1. Very, very true. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. And obviously, we see some prototypes. We, you know, Tom, when he walked through the Route 66 series a couple years ago and talked about some of the different characters we see in Genesis, some of the different um, reminders of Christ that, that was kind of dim that we didn't quite all figure out, but the, the theme of Christ is laced all the way through. Mm-hmm. Genesis is begging for this Redeemer, begging for this 
son of the woman to one day come and address this issue of sin. Okay, finally, obviously, we've read through this whole book. We now understand a bit more, hopefully our listeners do, what the themes are, how to read the book of Genesis, what we should see there. Now, what do we do? Like, the question we always have to ask is, having read the book of Genesis, what does God want us to understand? What does he want us to believe? What does he want us to desire or do? What's the application for us from this book? I, th- I think one of the things we, we really need to begin with is the whole opening our mind to, God, what, what do you want to say to me hmm. through the book of Genesis? Um, you know, we've got so many fascinating stories um, you know, the, the person of Joseph, you know, there's a lot mm. of people that would know who he was and, and yeah, his amazing yeah. coat, you yeah. know, type thing. Um, we, we have the, the whole Cain and Abel story, yeah. you know, that, that we have to try to communicate to, to young people what was going on with two brothers that have mm. this struggle. Um, and so we have a number of number of stories that that if we don't keep our focus on what is God trying to tell us about the human condition, what is God trying to tell us about the, the struggle with sin, uh, we can get very hung up on, on these fascinating stories. Yeah. But God... Emulate Joseph. Yeah. Not a yeah. bad thing. He was a good man. Right, right. <laughs> In his own right, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the very core is is this scarlet thread of redemption, this yeah. this growing idea that that it's gonna require blood hmm. for sin to be taken care of. Uh we run into that repeatedly through the through the book. Um and then it actually will become stylized, it will become um given an, an actual uh, system, yeah. you know, as we get into Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the, at, in Genesis, we're, we're basically being told we've got, to, we've got to deal with our sin. We've got to ask ourselves as a sinner, um, where do I go? Yeah. What do I do? If, if sin entered this world so early on... Um, is there hope? Yeah, uh, and I think I think a lot of people and and those that that choose to to start with Genesis, maybe never having read through Scripture before, need to ask ask that question of what what does God want to do to give hope uh, to to a world that that is perishing that is mm. that is kind of out of control, that is um, doing many of the same things that we find in Genesis, struggling to find answers and saying, okay, we have, we have the promise uh, of, of a Redeemer. We have the promise from the very beginning that, that the person of Jesus Christ is coming. Um, and we have the wonder of knowing he's already been here. Amen. Um, so that, I think, is the way we need to, need to look at, at Genesis. Amen. Very, very good. 
Well, listeners, I know that's drinking from a fire hose, especially mm. every week we're going to be doing some of that in this as we try to cover entire books in one setting, especially 50 chapters that we find in the book of Genesis. But let me give you just a bit of a summary here of some of what you've heard here to bring it back to your mind. Um, the first is a reminder that uh, Genesis, this book written uh, to these Exodus, Exodus, which we'll talk about next week, these exiting people of Israel from Egypt, heading into the promised land, writing to this people of Israel, Moses writing, inspired by God, uh, to this audience, writing to help them understand their origins, the origins of the world, first and foremost, in the first 11 chapters, but also their origins as a people, going from one man, Abraham, without any children, to 70 people at the end of the book, and how they got to Egypt. They needed to understand that. Um, we deal with sin, especially in humanity, what is the reality of our fallenness and the nature of that, and what is God's mercy and grace. Um, Genesis really begins to lace those themes in. That primary message really comes from this promise that Christ is coming, that there will be one that will defeat sin, that will defeat Satan, the serpent, and address those issues. Obviously, the book testifies repeatedly to Christ as far as this idea, the application being, is there hope for a fallen sinful race? Genesis really primes that reality for the rest of the Pentateuch and the rest of the Old Testament, the rest of the Bible, and mm-hmm. the stories that the rest of Scripture really teaches us. Any final thoughts, any final encouragements on this book that you would like to leave our listeners with on the book of Genesis? I think if we can try to put ourselves back into the life of the people that had now left Egypt, um, not sure what the future held, um, having this promise that they were supposed to be headed toward this, quote-unquote, promised land, that it was supposed to be a wonderful thing, but they had, they had grown up in slavery. You know, there's none of them that were old enough to remember anything other than that. Um, and to, to see the hope that there was in Genesis of God has a plan, and that plan involves you. Um, it was it was true for the Israelites. It was true for those coming out of Egypt and for the first time having an opportunity to part, be part of a nation instead of slaves. Uh, and it's true for us that, mm-hmm. that God has a purpose. God has a plan. And regardless of what may be happening in this world, he's in control, and he's going to accomplish that. Very good. Very good. This is the message of Genesis. We'd encourage you to read it if you've never read through it all yourself. And that's it for this week's episode. That just gives you a sense for the flavor of what the rest of these weeks are going to look like as we look at all the rest of the Old Testament books that are yet coming down the pipe. Let me just remind you, listeners, uh, as we wrap this up, that this coming Sunday, Tom will dive back into Hebrews. We'll be talking a little bit more about the mysterious, fascinating character of Melchizedek uh, that we find in chapter 6 and 7 um, in, in Hebrews. Uh, we'd love to have you join us, uh, in either our 9 o'clock or, or 10.30 service. We'd love to have you here with us on Sunday. I also just want to remind you, in case you're interested, um, in a few of the classes that kicked off this last Sunday, we'll be continuing this next Sunday, uh, the Faith Life Adult classes. Um, number one, Room 21, during the second hour service, we are going through the book Gentle and Lowly focusing on Christ's words in Matthew eleven twenty nine. Gordon Opp is teaching that at class. You missed out on the first week. We'll take a few weeks as people start reading that, and it'll come back in here in a few weeks. I'll let you know here on the podcast when that kicks back off. Uh, we are also continuing our parenting class in room one with Mike Hertzler leading that. 
Uh, if you're in that season, if you're wrestling with what is parenting all about, I'd really encourage you to jump in on that, uh, get a sense for what Scripture teaches, what the purpose of parenting is. Um, and then lastly, the New Testament survey class. It's getting a little confusing because I'm priming the New Testament <laughs> survey class that's going on right now while we're going back and talking about Old Testament survey class. Um, but Chuck, my dad, will actually be teaching here on the next book on the New Testament as well as we walk through the New Testament, very similar to the Old Testament we did last year. Uh, you are not too late. You can always jump in on that study. We'd encourage you to join us in the fellowship hall at the 1030 service as well. Um, and that's basically it for notes. That's it for this week's episode as well. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. I do hope it was helpful to you. Hopefully it illuminated a bit about the book of Genesis uh, that you may be familiar with. If it was helpful to you, just be reminded that you can share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for Exodus on Midweek in the Word. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.